Good morning, everybody. <laughs> last day of January. For many of us, it's the last day of our um, children being at home, and um, soon they'll be off to school. Uh, for some of us, we've been at uh, work since uh, the 5th and so on of January, and some of us a little bit later on. But the key thing that remind us is that the word holiday comes from the word holy day. And um, we use these times to reflect and to be with each other. And it's just really nice to uh, think about all the things that we're involved in in our lives. Um, I'm James Bowwater, affectionately known as Bow around these parts. And um, I'm going to be preaching this morning um, from the word so I just want to reflect on what's happened so, so far. So um, Sam Sherman down here spoke earlier in the uh, month about the uh, anchor for the year, and he told us about how we have a choice of where we place our anchor and of the things that we do to establish where our lives are in this world that's in turmoil around us. He reminded us that Jesus is our anchor and that he is the rock that we can put our sure footing on. And that um, although we have the choice of putting our anchor into our securities, such as our riches, our status, our performance, etc., but ultimately the only anchor that will hold is Jesus. T.U. reminded us that we have the freedom of choice. God gave us the ability to choose. He didn't make us autonomous or robots. And he put our trust and hope in our ability to see him and find him, search him out, and to make a good choice. But we can spend our time choosing the wrong thing. We can pursue darkness, and we can potentially lose our peace and joy because of it. There are consequences for every choice that we make. And when we make the right choices, we lead a peaceful and joyful life no matter what the storm is around us. Jesus provided us with the way in his son, Jesus, but he gave us the freedom to choose whether to follow that way or not. And God doesn't usually take away the consequences in our life, but he certainly stands beside us, no matter how strong the storm, and sometimes he even calls us out onto the water, as he did in the case of Peter. Spam, uh, not spam, Pam, spoke about the water of life. And um, just a little correction there, Pam, it was created in the first verse when the earth was created. Um, it wasn't pre-existent. Only God himself is pre-existent. But however, Pam reminded us that without water, most things die. And that we should remind ourselves of the need to be nourished of the water of life, which is the Holy Spirit and the truth of the word of God. I want to talk to you this morning a little bit about um, a parable that's very well known, and it's the first parable that um, Jesus ever spoke. Um, for you who are listening online and those of you at um, the Jeremy's house, um, I want to encourage you to have your Bibles open, and those of you here, to um, Matthew chapter 13. The thing is, is that... Um, the reason Jesus started speaking in parables was to fulfill a whole bunch of prophecy, <clears throat> which I'm not going to go into. <clears throat> and if you read all of chapter 12 
you'll read some of the dialogue as to why he started speaking in parables in chapter 13. And he also reminds us in part of the chapter 13 when the disciples asked him why, uh, what it was all about. And so God, um, through Jesus, spoke many, many truths in parables. And I'm going to talk about one of them today. So let's just read the scripture from Matthew chapter 13, 1 to 9, and then I'm going to skip a bit and go 18 to 23. So that same day, this is just after he'd been talking to the leaders of Israel, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times which was sown, that was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And then the disciples went about asking Jesus, what's this all about? And he explained to them why he was speaking in parables. But to help the disciples and to help us, if we skip to verse 18, he gives us the interpretation of this parable. So the, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word, understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 100, 60, or 30 times that what was sown. So one of the things that we see here is that there are four types of soil. There's the path, there's the rocky ground, there's the thorns and the weeds, and then there's the good soil. But before we start talking about the soils, which is the main focus, we need to just briefly just remind ourselves of what the seed is. And the seed is the word it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the truth given to us through all creation and through the scriptures and through the preaching of the word. It is everything that we hear about God and it is the message of salvation and redemption. It's the truth about how to live our lives in a way that brings joy, joy and peace forevermore. Now, 
Lara, my wife, and I have moved recently. Uh, we've uh, decided to uh, try and combine four households into one. Um, so that's uh, my household, uh, Lara's household, and her parents' household, plus a whole lot of stuff we've accumulated on the way, which we call the fourth house. Um, and uh, we're going through the process of uh, shifting into our new house, and we've been doing it for three or four weeks now, and we've still got quite a lot of unpacking to do. And um, it's just a really nice uh, time that we can do, just relaxing in our new home and our new location with everything that it has to offer, and it's just beautiful. Um, but one of the things I've noticed at our new home is we have all four kinds of those soils. We have paths around the house, we have paving stones, we have a driveway which is full of rocks and things like that, and we have weeds popping up all over the place and the odd thorn here and there, and we have some beautiful grass which has got some good soil in it. And one of the things we're doing is bringing all our plants across and figuring out where we're going to put them. Now, because we've got all of this um, beautiful soil, we're also um, just next door to the Wither Park, and uh, we have lots of beautiful bird life. We have uh, all of the imaginary birds, that, and well, not imaginary, but all of the amazing birds uh, that you have in the, the bush there. And um, we're quite delighted with the number of quails that we have coming and visiting us on a regular basis. Um, and um, I don't know if you know much about quails, but they're tiny little wee things. And um, the male birds have this big, huge, massive thing poking out of their head. And um, they sit on top of a fence post looking over their family. And they just sit there and watch and keep an idea. And uh, both Lara and I often wondered how come they're so huge when they all are doing is standing watching and all the other birds, the mother and all of the little chicks are busy feeding. So we haven't quite worked out how come the males are so, so well plumped. But, <laughs> but good eating. But yeah, one of the things that um, uh, we do is we put wild bird seed out on the path for them. And when we put the wild bird seed out on the path, not only do the quail come and have a look, but all the sparrows, the blackbirds, the thrushes, and all sorts of other things. And before you know it, that seed's gone. And that kind of reminds us of what happens when the good seed, the truth, the word comes into our lives, and it's there. And you've been in many situations in your life where you've heard something amazing or saw something or been involved in an environment where something amazing has happened and then something comes along immediately afterwards and distracts you. It could be someone wants to come and talk to you about someone or a tire goes on your car or in my case it's on my trailer um, or something else just pulls your attention away from it and very quickly you completely forgot what that wonderful, amazing, spontaneous, whatever it was, moment was. And in a way, it's like the seed on the path. The birds have taken the seed away, and as it says in the scripture, the evil one comes and steals the truth away from us. And it could be um, in many different situations that you're in an environment where you hear the truth, and something happens very quickly afterwards to distract you and steal that truth away from you before you've had a time to cement it, study it, and put it into your heart. So just be aware of those situations and be aware that uh, we can have um, many ways of getting the truth. In particular, one of the things we do at church here is uh, we record the service here mainly for the online viewers, uh, but we record it three different ways. <laughs> 
So we've got the camera recording, which uh, goes straight up to Facebook, and uh, when that's working, because we had a couple of glitches early in January, um, so that's there permanently, you can look at that. But we also do two audio recordings, and one goes to a podcast and one gets filed away. And so, um, so you can always go back and say, oh, what did I hear about that sermon the other day? And, um, and uh, catch up on some of the beautiful truths you might hear. Um, and then if you can remember when you were reading something in a book or online or talking to someone and you go, oh, I can't remember what they said, just go back. Go back and ask them or talk to them or what have you. Um, there are rocks as well. And um, we don't scatter seed on our rocky ground because it's our driveway. But I imagine if, I, if we did, either Lara or I were to scatter the bird seed on there, the birds would find it. But some of it might fall into the cracks of the rocks and try and germinate. Um, the difficulty with seed growing in amongst rocks is those rocks are quite heavy and they deprive uh, the ground of sunshine and um, so they don't get the nourishment that the soil needs to grow good seed. And as a consequence, it's um, <clears throat> also very difficult to water because the water tends to go around the rock and rather than underneath the rock and it's not that good soil. And <clears throat> one of the things farmers do when they're preparing soil is they get rid of the rocks. And so I want you to think in terms of rocky ground and, and the soil where the, um, the sun beats down on the uh, growing plant and kills it. I want you to think about your life and all the things that you have in your life that are things that need to be removed, as a farmer would remove rocks from a soil. So they could be old habits. They could be old ways of thinking. Um, they could be viewpoints. Um, anything that's detrimental to healthy living. And so one of the things that we are called to do is to evaluate our lives constantly. And Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians um, uh, 14.5 that, uh, that if there are rocks in our lives, we should remove them. He tells us to evaluate our lives. In the parable of the vine in John chapter 15, Jesus warns us that if we don't bear fruit, uh, we'll be pruned. And um, rocky, um, rocky ground plants don't bear much fruit. And so we're going to be aware of that. So one of the things I want to get you to think about is what's in my life right now that I need to think about, evaluate, and challenge myself to say, I need to leave that behind. I need to get rid of that and try and improve my soil. <laughs> one of the things about getting married, um, Lara and I got married um, just over a year ago, is that you learn new skills. And one of my learning new skills is Lara's been teaching me how to use, um, do planter boxes, prune roses, and uh, do all sorts of things to do with plants. I'm very good with technology, um, so electronics and things with buttons, but soft things that are green and got flowers on them, I'm not so good at, and um, I'm learning. <clears throat> And so as a consequence, some of our planters have died because the soil was the wrong kind of soil we bought for it, um, or the moisture level wasn't right. Some of them we drowned, and some of them we get too dry. And some of them, of course, I don't know the difference between a weed and a, a flower. And um, I go, oh, that's pretty, so I let it grow, and then discover that what it's done is it's choked out the plant, and uh, what I thought was pretty was actually a weed, and we should have got rid of it, but 
You know, you learn these things. But that's like life as well. Back in Genesis 3, it says that uh, Eve was deceived. And, um, and it tells us in the scriptures that in the end times, many of the elect will be deceived. And it also tells us straight after the parable that I'm discussing now, it talks about the parable of the weeds in the sense that the enemy will sow weeds in amongst us. And um, that's a whole other discussion. But there are weeds in our lives. And what they do is they choke out the truth. They make it difficult for us to uh, be a Christian, to walk in faith. And as the uh, 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 understanding that um, Jesus gave when he explained the parable, uh, when the persecution comes, um, they find it difficult. But he also talked about the worries of life. He talked about the anxieties, the concerns and stuff like that. And we're surrounded by them at the moment, aren't we? I mean, these things here, I have to wear this all day long at work now. And, um, and it gives me massive headaches because I'm breathing in way more CO2 than I normally do. And um, it really hurts my throat, uh, which is already bad enough as it is. I remember the days when I used to stand up here and sing with a clear voice. And now, as you can hear, it's very croaky. And it's these things here. Um, but yeah, COVID is a big worry and anxiety for many of us. And I want to tell you, God's bigger than COVID. Many of us have suffered, and those of you online who are uh, watching, you might have had a job situation that has been affected by lockdowns and COVID. Um, I know when we go to the supermarket now, there are many empty shelves. And that's a big concern when you're thinking about what you're going to cook for tea for the next wee while. Um, there are many, many concerns uh, around us. But in both Matthew 6 and Matthew 10, Jesus reminds us not to worry. In fact, he commands us not to worry. He says to remember that he is the anchor of our lives and he is the water of life. So I want you to think about what are the things in life that cause you to stress and be anxious instead of soaking in the presence of God and learning about the word. How much time do you spend on places like social media because you've got the fear of missing out and you want to make sure that you've got the latest news and the latest gossip? Many worries concern us in life and Jesus gave us the way. He gave us the Holy Spirit or the water of life. And he gave us the scriptures. And he told us to cast our cares on him and to carry his yoke. For his is very light and it is well fitting. The final soil is the good soil. <laughs> we have many plants, Lara and I. We just went and bought some more yesterday. Uh, we're diving into the adventure of dwarf trees. And so we've got dwarf peaches, dwarf lemon, dwarf lime, uh, dwarf apricots. Um, I don't think our hazelnut trees are dwarf, but we'll soon find out. Um, we've got a um, self-sown cherry tree in our new section. And um, we've got avocado. And, of course, we've got strawberries, blackberries, raspberries. Oh, we're going to be able to look after ourselves for a while. And then there's marrows. Well, they start out as zucchinis, but I'm pretty sure they're marrows by now. 
And um, we've got peppers, we've got lettuce, we've got, so, oh, we've got so much. And it's just, I'm learning all about how to be uh, self-sufficient. And uh, it's a really good way to be. But they require good soil. And I'm discovering it's not just water. It's nutrients. It's things like the nitrogen that you put in them. It's things like the various forms of fertilizer that you put in them. Uh, I was having a long discussion with uh, Mr. Jonathan Lone, who used to be our guidance counselor at school, and he talked about the little microbes that are in the soil that are needed to be there. And he said that if you put too much fertilizer in, it kills the microbes um, and so on. And then, um, then there's things like worms that turn the soil over and um, put it all in. And there's all the little bugs, and they all have a role and responsibility in that soil because that soil uh, is filled with nutrients, and those bugs convert the nutrients into the right things so that it can detach to the roots, and the roots then can then pull it up into the plant and, uh, and so on. And it's just amazing. So how do we put nutrients into our soil? How do we make it so that when we hear the word of God, it grows? How do we go about making sure that not only is our soil watered, which is the Holy Spirit, but how do we put nutrients into our soil? One of the things that we realize too is that all of us are aware that if we go without food for any significant amount of time, we notice. But a lot of us are very attuned to our body, but a lot of us are not very attuned to our mind, our spirit, our soul, and our heart, which also needs daily feeding and daily nutrients. And I want you to think about some of the things that you need to do to constantly feed your soul, your spirit, your heart, and your mind. What are you feeding your mind? As I've said to many, many a student, we don't go down to the petrol station and drink petrol because we know it's bad for us. But a lot of students listen to a lot of rubbish on their devices, which is destroying their lives. Have you been in the boiling pot like the frog? Has your way of thinking gradually changed because the subtle nature of society has changed it for you. I remember when I was a young fella, and that's a long time ago, when I watched TV, it was the Waltons. It was the Brady Bunch. It was my three sons. It was all family. It was all about solving problems in family and discussing real-world issues in a family-orientated way. Now when I turn on the TV, I see spells, I see aliens, and I see violence. It's very subtle. When did that change? What are we feeding our children when they watch all of these little wee tiny horses and critters that cast spells over each other, and they're aliens from outer space, and they do violence to each other, and it's okay. So I'm going to give you some challenges to think about, and I want you to take these as challenges in an encouraging way, not as any kind of judgmental uh, thinking, because 
I'm looking at this for my own life as well, and I'm not trying to say that I'm better than anybody else. And some things take time. Soil doesn't become good soil overnight. You don't get to remove all of the rocks straight away. It's a big challenge. As I was saying to the neighbour who came and visited us the other day, it takes seven years to eradicate weeds from your lawn. It takes seven years. And all it needs is one seed to get in your lawn and you're going to have weeds for another seven years. Right? So it takes time. So when I give you this list of things that I'm going to challenge you with, I want you to realise it takes time. But every step is a step closer to God. So I want you to consider, do you prefer violent action movies or romantic love stories? Do you prefer social media or reading rich literature? Do you prefer keeping up with the latest gossip on your latest social media app or studying the Word of God? Which is more relaxing for you? Sitting in front of the TV or going for a walk in the Wither Hills with your family? And all that we do in life... We have the opportunity to stand before the maker and at the end of life, he's going to ask us a lot of questions. He's going to ask us to discuss how we use our life and how we use the resources that we have because not only is he interested in ourselves, but it's said in that parable that produced fruit a hundred, sixty and thirty times. Seed that grew up in the weeds didn't produce any fruit. The seed that grew up in the rocks died. And the seed that was on the path never even grew at all. I was wanting to ask you to think about the life that you live and the way that the world presents things to you. I want you to ask what kind of soil are you currently and how you're going to improve it. And here are just a couple of suggestions. I want to take time to be by yourself. Jesus went away by himself regularly. He spent time alone, getting away from everything that was distracting him so that he could spend time with God. Spend a lot of time in prayer, Jesus prayed prayed before he did anything at all. And often he did this through the night. Check that your decisions line up with the word of God. This requires a regular studying of the word so that you know what the word of God says. The word of God is your main source of sustenance. And of course, it's also the truth. In other words, it's the seed. But as well as being the seed, it's the nutrient make the seed grow. So make sure your interpretation and understanding of the context is in conjunction with the whole counsel of God. Don't take one verse by itself. Don't take one paragraph by itself. Make sure you balance it against the whole counsel of God. I have a saying that I use all the time, the whole Bible and nothing but the Bible. Many people pull bits of it out and say others aren't relevant. No, that's not true. 
the whole Bible tells you the context of every verse. Spend time listening to others talk about the Word of God. So for me, I get in the, in the bathroom in the morning in my routine and I listen to podcasts and I listen to various different speakers and there's so much stuff out there. Uh, there's many different platforms, YouTube and so on, where you can listen to other speakers, CDs, DVDs, there's all sorts of stuff. And quite often Shannon gets guest speakers in here so that we have a bit of diversity of speakers as well. Listen to what other people have to say about the Word of God. Have your preconceived ideas constantly challenged and renewed because we are transformed from glory to glory by the renewing of our minds, right? That renewing requires that we get whatever we think about challenged and we go, yes, we are thinking the right way or actually, no, there's a little element of that which is a rock in my soil that I need to throw away or there's a weed that I need to pull out because it's choking what I believe. Get involved in face-to-face dialogue with people. That's one of the reasons why we have tea and coffee straight after the service. It's good time to talk to people, and one of the things you can talk about is what you've just heard in the sermon. But you can also catch up on the week and what's happening and all that sort of stuff. But be careful that that conversation doesn't steal what you've just listened to and go back and listen to it again. Have face-to-face conversations with people about their points of view and understand their points of view. Walk in their shoes and understand it and see if you need to change. Spend time reflecting on the goodness of God in your life. Perhaps even consider the beauty of the creation that he has all around us. Last night, I was sitting in the lounge contemplating whether I should put some more verds in here and Lara came and said, come outside, come outside. And there's this big long line of satellites going across the sky and it was amazing to watch. And God didn't create those satellites, but he created the man who designed and developed those satellites and the whole team of people there. And the way it went across the sky was in one sense beautiful and in one sense sad. But it still reminded me of how amazing God was as I saw this big long line of satellites just going across the sky with all the stars around them. And that was not long after we'd just been up in the Wither Hills for a walk, um, Lara and I and our son, um, spending the evening together. So get out there, smell the roses, look at the butterflies and the dragonflies, enjoy the little things growing and your pot plants, even though they're going to bite you if you let them live. Because they look pretty when they swim around in that water. There are so many beautiful things out there. And God has made some amazing plants to look at. When we were having uh, lunch at Mitre 10 the other day, I saw the sky walking past with a plant. And it's actually just a plant, but it, the flower is red at the top. And as it grows, the flower part, grows out longer and becomes the leaves and turns green. And it was just so pretty. And I just thought, God, you're amazing. One of the most important ways to feed our lives is spending time reflecting on the goodness of God. He has blessed us. We have each other. 
we have a roof over our heads, we have food in our tummies, and most of us have jobs or some kind of income. There are many who don't have that at all. Gratitude, gratefulness, thankfulness. I remember listening on Radio Rima a long time ago. I couldn't even tell you how many years ago. It might have been decades ago. About a man who said thank you in every situation. He thanked God for everything. When he stubbed his toe, he said thank you, God. When someone broke into his car, he said thank you, God. When he lost his job, he said thank you, God. And I thought to myself, I want to be like that. Because life is rough. It's full of storms. There are storms everywhere. And I keep telling people around me, when you're in the storm, look to the light. If you look to the darkness, it's no good. Look to the light. Look for the light. Because when you have the light in your eyes, everything fades away. And when we're grateful and thankful, it just changes our perspective on life. Because then we realize that this tough time, this storm, is actually helping us build patience, resilience, perseverance. It's helping us to be endurant and to get on with life and become stronger and better. And also have a story to tell later on to our children and our grandchildren and to those we're discipling. Ephesians chapter 6 when it talks about the armor of God, and verse 18 reminds us that we are to pray without ceasing. And in Ephesians chapter 5, it tells us that we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit at all times. I want you to evaluate your life. I want you to think about the things that you need to reevaluate and change. And to think about what actually is the anchor of your life and what actually is watering your life. What kind of soil are you? As the team comes and uh, sings one of their beautiful songs again for us, I'm just going to close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you, Lord, that you are our rock. You are the anchor of the ages that we can rely on, that we can put all our trust in, and that no matter how big the storm is, Lord, we can relax and be without fear and anxiety and worry. Lord, I pray, Lord, that as the sun scorches down on us, the circumstances, the storms, that, Lord, we will think about ways in which we can enrich the soil that harbors your word, your truth, and your Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, I pray, Lord, that as we leave this place, that we will remember that there is a harvest to be found, a hundred, sixty, and thirty-fold. And are we bearing fruit? Are we abiding in the vine? Are we a good soil? I thank you, Father, for the challenges that we have ahead of us. Some of us don't like those challenges, but Lord, you're in control and we know that you're walking beside us and holding us through these challenges. Whatever may come, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we will remember you are the rock that we stand on.
I pray a blessing on each person here in this room and listening online now and later on. And I pray for every person who listens to the podcast later on. I pray for them, whether they be vexed, unvexed, jabbed, double jabbed, boosted, or don't care. Lord, you know the circumstances of each of us and the cares and worries and anxieties that it brings on us. Lord, help us to turf the rocks out of the soil, to remove the weeds, and to fill the soil with nutrients and keep it constantly watered and nurtured. And Lord, may we accept the prunings that you bring in our life so that we may produce fruit. In your heavenly name, amen.